Hey everybody, this is Mike Giannopoulos, pastor at Project RE3, back once again with you. We have a little special edition of a um, video podcast pop-up, um, <laughs> whatever we want to call it, but uh, we're going to always be neat. We have a lot of amazing people within our RE3 community, and I just thought now's just as good a time as any to start introducing them to some of you guys. And the first one to come to mind was Miss Carolyn Nowatney. Hey. And um, Carolyn, it, it, it's something pretty unique, and Honestly, before 2020 hit and social distancing became the buzzword, I think the biggest buzzword of 2019 was Enneagram. That's and, right. and so that's what we're going to be discussing today. And in just a minute, we're going to pick Carolyn's brain and learn more about the Enneagram. And maybe it's the first time you've ever heard of the Enneagram, but maybe how it applies to you. But I just kind of wanted to share initially my story on okay. how I found out about the Enneagram because it was totally by accident. Right. Um, about two years ago, a little over two years ago, I was looking for um, just kind of some kind of spiritual retreat to go to, mm -hmm. just something that um, for ministry, just to kind of get away for the weekend that wasn't um, leadership, you know, heavy or just uh, church related, just something where I could just go get fed. And, um, and so I ran across a retreat that was happening in Tennessee, and the name of the retreat uh, was The Road Back to You. <laughs> and I had no idea what it meant. And as I was reading about it, the guest speaker was a guy I'd never heard of by the name of Ian Crone. And Ian had written a book, a best-selling <laughs> book called The Road Back to You. And it had to do with this thing called the Enneagram, which, again, I had no idea what it was. And so I thought, well, before I sign up for this retreat, I'm going to at least find out if it's worth my while. So I, I purchased a book and started reading about the Enneagram. And you know, the first couple of chapters kind of laid the foundation of what the Enneagram was all about. And um, you'll get into all of that, about the numbers mm -hmm. and the will and all that kind of stuff. And he started going through the numbers. And uh, um, Ian starts at eight. And I'm sure you'll explain why, but eight, right. nine, one, and then kind of goes around. And so I'm reading it, and eight's interesting, nine's pretty interesting. Then he gets to one. And he starts describing the ones of an Enneagram. And I'm telling you, every word, Every right. sentence, every paragraph felt like he was peering into my soul. Right. Like I've never read anything that was um, so just, uh, not just eye-opening, but just, just revealing of who I was. Mm -hmm. it, it was honestly like he had taken my life and somehow had been um, uh, filming me behind my back and making <laughs> notes for years and wrote this chapter. And I, I was sold. I was like, I've got to go to this retreat. And so I sign up. I go to this retreat. I'm expecting it to be, uh, I don't know, Ian and 100 people and him just kind of lecturing mm -hmm. to us. And I get there, and there's Ian, and there's just 11 of us. That's and that's awesome. it. And it was, it was such a beautiful, intimate setting. And we just sat around in a circle and um, shared about our lives and talked about the Enneagram and... Um, that first Friday night, Ian talked a lot about just kind of what the Enneagram was. Mm -hmm. On Saturday morning, he held the first session of really breaking down the numbers. And he started with eight and went to nine and then went to one. And he had us all take a test before we came. So everyone would kind of know what their numbers were. And I knew I was a one even before I took the test. <laughs> um, so then, uh, you know, he, all of us, he had all of us, you know, he's going to talk about eights. Everybody raise your hand who's an eight. A couple of people raised their hands, nine, a couple people. He got to ones, and I was the only one. And so as he starts talking about ones, he's kind of on the surface talking about ones, and I'm agreed, and he's asking me a question or two. And eventually he says, um, I just got to ask you, what do you do for a living? And I said, well, I'm a pastor. I'm a minister. <laughs> and his mouth fell open. And I just looked at him. He said, I don't think I've ever met a pastor who was a one. 
And I was like, and he was like, no, he's like, yeah. all pastors are nines or threes. Yep. And he's like, for whatever reason, he said, that's, that's mm -hmm. the two categories they fall into. And he's like, this is fascinating. And, and all of a sudden I became interesting to him. And, yeah. um, and so he said, do you care if we go into a counseling session and they just eavesdrop? And, you know, I'm an open book. I, I don't care. Go. I'm just like, hey, you know what? Go for it. And so he starts asking me some very personal questions and, and everyone's kind of, you know, listening in, in our circle, and, and we're having a, a, an honest-to-goodness counseling session, and one of the things he was asking me about was the voice, the voices that one's here, because I've always said, I wake up in the mornings hearing a negative, critical voice, and I go to bed at night hearing a mm -hmm. negative, critical voice, and he was asking me a lot about that, and we were diving into it, and he stopped. He said, I want you to look around at everybody, and I looked around, and everyone was staring at me dumbfounded, and he said, <laughs> every other number is shocked when they hear that one has this negative That's critical right. voice mm -hmm. and ones are shocked that no one else does. <laughs> and right. I, and I did, I assumed everyone heard this voice and being in ministry and being a pastor and a believer for some warped reason, I believe that voice came from God, right. that God was the one that was telling me, mm -hmm. Mike, you're not doing, you're not doing enough. You're, you're failing as a pastor. You're failing as a husband, as a father, as a friend, you know, no, you know, why did you say that? You're such an idiot. You know, all of these things. And through, more counseling with Ian, coming back and talking to my own counselor about it. Um, it has been life-changing for me right. to realize that I'm not screwed up, you know, <laughs> that, yes. that, 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 that I'm not broken, that, that I'm not mm -hmm. too far off the track of where God wants me, that, um, that I actually have permission because I've never been able to give myself grace. Mm -hmm. it's, al it's always been easier for me to give other people grace than me. Right. And so this last two years has been a journey for me to quiet that voice, to kind yes. of get rid of that negative, critical voice, to not be as perfect as I always wanted to be. I was always <laughs> obsessed with being on time or making sure the dishwasher was stacked just right. Mm -hmm. And I've just kind of let some things go. And right. um, our house now is messier than it's ever been. Um, and so, what you a know, blessing. Especially now during the quarantine. I've been driving right. myself crazy right now trying to pick up a family of five. Um, but yeah, I, I've given myself a lot more grace over the last two years. And it's been just relaxing. It's yes. been, it's like a load is off my shoulder realizing just how I'm wired, how God wired me, and that none of these numbers are bad. That That's right. They, they all have amazing, wonderful characteristics mm -hmm. about themselves, but they also have things that the enemy can use to really grind at us. And that's what he had been doing with me for 43 years Absolutely. up to that point, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, um, so you kind of jumped into Enneagram the same time I did. Yes. And kind of we've walked that journey together. Yes. The only yeah. difference is I've walked the Enneagram journey very selfishly. Like, how can <laughs> I improve me? You know, Carolyn wants to improve everyone else too <laughs> along the way. And so, um, and so she has become a, a certified, um, I guess, coach. Is an that what Enneagram is? coach en through an organization called Your Enneagram Coach. Um, Beth McCord and her husband have had an organization for probably, I think, 15 years um, and have been teaching with it, and then they decided to start doing online classes and um, certifying people online, wow. and so that's what I did. So what so. What drew you into the Enneagram? What was that first thing? Because you don't just wake up one morning and say, no. I'm going to be an Enneagram coach. That's I mean, right. there had to be something <laughs> that, like, like I had the light bulb go off. Yeah. What was your aha moment? So um, I found out about the Enneagram um, actually at the ladies' retreat, for Project Re3, and one of the other ladies had brought an Enneagram book, um, Not the Road Back to You, another one, and we were all looking at it going, 
this is fascinating. This is this is really interesting. And so um, we all talked about it and kind of tried to figure out what we were. Um, and then I came back and I kept studying it. Um, I led a Bible study with the Road Back to You, um, and just was fascinated with the idea that um, a lot of these personality tests, when you take them, they tell you, okay, this is your personality. The Enneagram is the first thing that, that I ever found that said, this is, this is where you are, and here's the road to further health. Mm-hmm. Here is how you, you know, those negative parts of your personality that you don't like, um, we can change that. And here's how we can change that. And so that's why it really struck me. Um, I had just recently been certified as a life coach and just thought the Enneagram is a great tool to use with coaching clients to help them onto that path of wholeness. Okay. So. Well, let's assume we have someone listening on our podcast or watching right now on YouTube or Facebook. Okay. Um, that has no idea what the Enneagram is. Okay. What is it? So very simply, it is just a personality typing tool. Um, There are nine types, and Enneagram simply means nine. There's nothing magical about it. And there's just, you know, there's this drawing, and it has lines going from each of the places, and um, nothing symbolic about that really um it's not a pentagram it's not a pentagram it's not an upside (laughs) down star or anything like that it's just a drawing that shows us the relationships between these numbers um and what i love there's a a picture um and and i'll go back to graham just or it's just a drawing Mm -hmm. that's all it is so it's a nine-sided drawing um there is one picture out there that I love, and I don't, you know, if our people haven't seen um, a, a drawing of the Enneagram, it like looks like a star, and it goes around like this, and, and one of the pictures I love actually has a picture of Jesus in the middle of it with this crown, and I think what that symbolizes to me is that each number in the Enneagram um, shows a, an aspect of God. Mm. That is amazing. And so if we can live within how God made us to be, our best selves, we can show ourselves to, Christ, to, to the world. We can show Christ to the world. And so just um, it's very simply the way we look at the world. And, now, and this isn't just some just popped out in 2018 no, kind of thing. This has been around for a while. They they don't even really know how old the Enneagram is. Um, they're, it, it's ancient. It goes back to the time uh, of around Christ. Um, it has been used off and on um, in different uh, faiths, not just Christianity. It's been used in other faiths as well. Um, and in secular psychology. So it was brought out in about the 1970s, was brought to the forefront. Um, But you can find the Enneagram anywhere. You can find Buddhists who use it. You can find atheists who use it. Um, We use it as Christians and say, okay, this is an aspect of God and an aspect of how he made us. Okay. Um, We'll start with the numbers. Yes. So there's nine numbers. There's nine numbers. Um, I've talked about how I was a one. Ones right. are 
labeled the perfectionist. Yes. Right? And, and that had always been my personality. Everything yes. in my mind had to be a certain way. Um, I guess my version of perfection. Um, right. But ones are perfectionist. Um, I guess, do you know them right off? I mean, is it something you can just rattle off the top of your head? Um, we put our heads together, we might be able because I know some of the names change a little they bit. They do change. And, and, and Ian Cron, I just heard him say the other day, and now I can't remember what he's called it, but he's decided perfectionist is not the good name. <laughs> um, and so, you know, the, the ones are the people, like, they do show us God's perfection. But a, a person, you, I couldn't look at you and know that you were a one unless I knew you really well. Because a one the Enneagram looks at motives. Right. So a one could do the same things as a three, and they could look very much the same on the outside, but a one's doing it because they want to be good. Mm -hmm. They want to be seen as as that they are good. Um, it's not it, about what you do. It's about why you do it, right? Right, yeah. yeah. So, and then a three may do the same kind of thing because they are very concerned. They're called the performers. They're very concerned about performing at a certain level. Mm -hmm. um, so same outside action, mm -hmm. totally different motive. Mm -hmm. So so we got one is the perfectionist, two helpers. Two is the helper yep. or the supportive advisor is another name for a two. A two is that person that just they – they at their best show the love of God. They are the person who, when you need help, they're offering you help before you even know you need help. <laughs> Don't we all know people like that? Uh, right? Yes, I mean, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Okay. Um, a three is called the performer or the achiever. These people can look at um, life, like they can go into a room and read the room and know like how they need to change like um, a chameleon uh, like a chameleon yeah. and they can read the room and if you know someone who is a three um they're very high performing these are the business executives of the world um they're the visionaries of the world mm -hmm. so fours are the romantics and they tend to be artistic um although not art artists are fours um and not um, all fours are artists, but they tend to be that melancholy person that really gets into their feelings. Mm -hmm. um, they almost like to feel sad. Yeah. Um, the five is called the investigator. They like to know everything. They are the person that when you ask a question or make a comment, they know like so much small detail about things that they you love to research no matter mm -hmm. what yeah 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 so um the six which i am is um we're called all sorts of things <laughs> <laughs> but we we tend to be advisor type people um we're the people that um we're afraid of fear actually and um we can um, you know, you talked about a, a one having one voice. Sixes tend to have like this committee in the back of their heads. And it's, um, it, a lot of times it's voices from the past, mm -hmm. but they're always trying to find, um, find how to keep everybody safe. 
Um, they don't want anybody to not be taken care of. Um, they'll walk into a room, and if they feel like you're upset, they will try to figure out why you're upset yeah. and take care of the problem. Just a, a very cautious spirit about them. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a seven is called the enthusiast. These people like to live life to the fullest. Mm -hmm. I think you might have a seven in your house, I maybe. Think I do, at yeah. least one. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they like to just go for the gusto. Yeah. And they don't like negative thoughts. <laughs> 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 they want to get past them. This coronavirus thing, let's just get past it. We don't yeah. want to talk about it. Let's yeah. just ignore they don't it. Don't feel trapped. Mm -mm. Yeah. No, no. The eight is called the challenger. This person, um, at their worst, you might call them a bulldog. Um, at their best, they are the person that makes things happen. Mm -hmm. They are the people that make sure that um, there is no more prejudice. They mm -hmm. are the ones that make sure that um, orphanages in Uganda are mm -hmm. being formed. And th yeah. these people are, are They're taking... They're not scared to stand up and fight. No, they will mm -hmm. fight for anybody. Um, and then the nine is the peacemaker. And the nine, if you look at the Enneagram, that's the number at the very top. And um, Ian Cron says he thinks it's there for a purpose, that they can just see everything. They see everybody's point of view, mm -hmm. and they try to bring peace into all situations. And so you can see just from the names of those how they show a very positive aspect of God at their best. Absolutely. But at the worst, they can all become where they are trying to do what only God can do. Right. Well, I want to talk real quick about um, triads. Yes. You know, um, in my understanding, and you can mm -hmm. correct me, like, basically the Enneagram is, is broke up into, into three sets of three. Right. Um, all three have something um, positive about them, how they're all connected, and you can explain those in, right. in just a second. And all three have kind of that underlying negative thing. Right. Um, so let's start with the first triad, um, eight, nine, and one. Eight, you know, nine, they're and They're all one. there together. Mm -hmm. If you imagine a pie wedge, I keep doing that, like a pie yeah. wedge. <laughs> yes. You know, what is, what's the good things? How, how, what's the, I guess, how are the eight, nine, and ones all connected, positive and negative? Okay, so the eight, nines, and ones are all what's called the gut triad or the instinctual triad. These are people that just know things. Um, and they, the bad side of that is they can be very impulsive. And so they can just, they'll feel something and they'll act on it. Or they'll, they'll they have this instinct and they'll just act on that. Um, and so, which is really good. In, in critical situations, in emergency situations, man, you want somebody from that gut triad that just knows what to do immediately. Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes they can get themselves in trouble uh, because they are acting so instinctually. And the other name for that triad is the anger triad. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing is that, like, if you heard me say before, the nine is in the anger triad. And, but they're the peacemaker. And the thing is, is that a nine knows, um, th they forget they're angry. Mm -hmm. um, and they just, they need to kind of bring that anger up. Um, instead of letting it hold back because that helps them be a peacemaker better. Mm -hmm. um, an eight 
You know, you heard me say they're like the bulldog. Man, their anger is phew, <laughs> yeah. their anger is right there, mm-hmm. um, and so they need to learn to harness that anger. Um, and then the one, you're angry, but you really repress it. Yeah, and, and that's you the hide thing. it. I would I would try to explain to people for years. Like I felt like I walked around with a low boil. Mm-hmm. You know, like never like explosive, but never. Cool. Right. You know, just under my skin was always kind of this low boil. And um, and when I was with Ian, he, he said, ones don't necessarily, it's not the anger way we think of anger. He said, ones are more resentment. Yes. And when he said that, I'm like, that is it. Mm-hmm. Like, that is what I feel. Like, I, I just feel this, like, underlying resentment. Right. To everybody. Everything. Yeah. 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 And so that's still that anger thing. Mm-hmm. And so... One of the things that we do in coaching is to teach people that are in that triad to get more in touch with their feelings, to get more in touch with their head and their thinking so that they can bring that anger into a manageable spot. And then they can grow with that. So now two, two, three, four. Two, three, four is the heart or the feeling triangle or triad. And, um, you know, the twos think everybody else's feelings are more important than theirs. So a two, you know, is more concerned about you being upset than them being taken advantage of. And so what happens a lot of times with twos is that they end up into this martyr complex thing. Mm -hmm. They'll do anything for you, but they do it with strings attached. Mm -hmm. And when those strings don't get fulfilled, then they they get really resentful too. Um, A three kind of ignores their feelings. And so it's really important for them to get in touch with their feelings. You know, they're just all concerned about performing and doing the best job, whether it feels right or not. Mm -hmm. And then the four is the person who gets all, you know, when we say somebody gets all up in their feelings, that's, that's a four. They're, they're in there and they, they love their good feelings, they love their bad feelings, and they just like to sit in them. They're the Eeyore of yes. the Enneagram world. Yes, right? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And then the five, six, and seven are the head or thinking triad. Again, a five, you know, we said they like a lot of detail, and they do. They get into the detail, and they can get in there heads so much analyzing everything um you've heard of the the term uh paralysis analysis or analysis and and they they do they will just think and never do anything Mm -hmm. um sixes um we we tend to think about all the what ifs of the world we want to make sure things like coronavirus don't ever happen Mm -hmm. but if it does we have toilet paper in our homes and we have band-aids and we have ibuprofen and we have all the things we need even masks and we Mm -hmm. just do that um a seven thinks but they don't want to think about anything bad they're all about in their good feelings. They don't want any of that sad, sad thoughts. They want to ignore all those sad thoughts. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, sometimes we have to get them to think about those things and yeah. to face those things. Wow. Yeah. Well, so. well, you know what we're going to do? We're going to stop right now. Okay. Because I think we could go a lot deeper yes, and a we lot could. farther. <laughs> and so what we're going to do is this is a uh, surprise. This is part one. <laughs> and so we're going to come back again. I didn't know that. Uh, we'll come back. Well, this has been so good, and we had not really okay. scratched the service. But we'll come okay. back maybe in a week or so and um, plug a part two. And 
We didn't get into the wings. Nope. We didn't get into <laughs> the numbers, how they're connected to some other numbers in a good way and bad way. And so I think to me that's fascinating also. Okay. And, um, so we'll come in. Why don't until then, why don't you plug what you, you have an amazing ministry, you, you have this life coaching, uh, Enneagram coaching, um, profession, website, just plug away. Okay. Let people know where they can find you. So uh, my website is Poema Life. So Poema is a word that means masterpiece um, because I truly believe and God tells us that we are all his masterpiece. And so the, the website is Poema. It's P-O-I-E-M-A-L-I-F-E.com. Um, and you can contact me at uh, carolynnawatney at gmail.com. And what I do is work with people, um, helping them know what their number is, and then going forward into how they can get to more health. So one of the things about these tests is that they're only about 70 to 80% effective. And again, it's because as only as self-aware as you are and as honestly as you answer those questions can we get to who you really are um and so that is um, what i do all right and what we'll do is um we will actually put a link to a test in the comment section of our youtube video um, so if you want to go okay. to youtube if you're not watching on youtube you go there and take the test um take it before next time so then next time you'll be all <laughs> caught up for our next installment of the enneagram uh, conversation with carolyn and also at the end of this video i'll We'll make a little title with all of your information okay. on there too, so that people can kind of find the link and, and jump in there. All right. But thanks so much, Caroline. Thank you. For, Thank you very much. Yeah, taking time to come and, um, yeah. and just share and, and what's such a huge part of your life. And I know for me personally, has been life-changing for me. Yes. Um, so I'm excited to dive into part two, and we'll see you back in a couple of weeks. How's okay. that? Okay, sounds great. All right. Thank you. Thanks a lot, and we'll see you real soon.